I'm Joey Pazola. And I'm Thomas Welch. And today we're joined by Cam Jansen. Cam, how's it going? What up, guys? What's going on? Going good. Got some questions for us. Coming yes. off the cup wins. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But also, uh, just off the top, uh, Cam, we just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, come on the show and talk a little bit of hockey with us. Really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, guys. No problem. Just send a check in the mail. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, you can, get, any- you can get you can get the, the three cent commission check when it gets divided equally. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I guess I guess right off the bat, just one of the most more recent Blues news. Um, the Blues just hired Mark Savard as a as a assistant coach to hopefully to help with the power play. And I know you from your playing days probably played against him. Um, know him a little bit uh, better than you know the general public does. So what what are your what are your thoughts on that move, Ken? Well, he's a veteran guy, and he's friends with Baruby. They uh, played together in Phil. Now maybe his name was Calgary, so they know each other. And uh, and and Mark's been been working with Tia Sinnott and. He was on the hockey network and, you know, he, he's got, uh, you know, he's got a lot of hockey knowledge. Uh, I believe he won in 2011 with the Bruins, um, but he was a power play guy and he scored a lot of power play points. And that's exactly what the blues need to fix. If they, the biggest problem with the team last year was consistency on the power play. Why is that? Well, I think it's not that I'm a power play specialist, but I had a great seat throughout a lot of power plays in my career. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Um, But we don't have enough threats, meaning, you know, watch, watch Tampa Bay and watch uh, uh, even in Washington Capitals, how they zip it around. They got, they got TJ Oshie in the slot. They got Kuznetsov and uh, Backstrom wheeling the walls and they got a threat not only with John Carlson on the point for a one-timer, excuse me, but yeah, of course you got the big dog, Alexander Ovechkin, waiting in the weeds. He could adjust his body to anything. So you just have options and we don't. It worked a little bit with Patty Maroon down low. They figured it out. Boys would get their paddle down. It was tough to just sneak those goals in. It caused a little bit of chaos, but as far as consi- consistency is concerned, we need to be better on the power play. And that is a simple fact. And if we fix that just by, you know, a little bit, then it just, it just helps us glide through the season that much better and makes you more of a threat as a whole, as a team. I absolutely agree. And I think, uh, you really hit it on the head, and but like, I feel like this team has the personnel. It just like, I feel like at times last year, um, our players were kind of like more lined up towards like possession. Like they would take the puck and kind of like pass it around, but not really in like they wouldn't really be receiving the puck in dangerous positions really. And I think, um, like you were talking about with Tampa Bay, like guys like Stamkos and Kucherov are always in position for like one timers or at least like dangerous opportunities. And I think uh, Mark Savard is really going to help us like bring that kind of aspect more out of our unit. Well, I think also if I'm Vladimir Tarasenko and I'm Rob Thomas, I'm t- I'm, I'm, I'm working on my one timer. Rob Thomas is a hole and I know his wrist was banged up. He needs to work on the shot. I mean, how many chances did, 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 did he have throughout the season kind of point-blank shots where he just couldn't get enough on it and pick that corner. Right. Um, he does everything else right. great. I mean, his puck possession is phenomenal. It's, you know, his vision's great. He's a great guy. Great kid. Awesome kid, by the way. But he's got to work on a shot. I mean, if he had an NHL shot, he might score 20 goals and get 50 assists and, and be able to be a first-line uh, center eventually. And that's what we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. But Vladdy's the same way. Like, open up and take a one-timer. We don't – he dusts it off and he picks his corners, and, yeah, that's fine, but – Gosh, he's getting so many sticks, uh, so many different sticks in the lane when he's trying to shoot because just that extra half a second when you dust the puck, you got to gather and, sh- and, and get your head up and shoot instead of just opening up for a one timer. Why he's not confident with his one timer is beyond me, mm-hmm. but he needs to be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Ovechkin and you think about his his office and his signature shot, that's that's that one timer that you know the the puck gets passed over and then and then you blink and it's in the back of the net. And obviously, you know that that's a gift and that's just not something you can learn. But if if Vladdy, I mean, if he if he unlocks something like that, if he even even like a, a percentage of what Ovi can do, I think we we see we see so many more goals from him because a lot of the top goal scorers in the league, you see a lot of their goals come on the power play, and Vladdy is the exact opposite. Opposite. He does not score on the power play a lot, and I think if he were to be able to 
unlock that one timer and give give himself just like a constant threat from that spot it 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 will really increase his goal totals from the really high amount that they already are you know five years in a row with 30 plus but it can go yeah and another thing another thing is people play it differently whenever they don't want you to be on the power play like they're hesitant to take penalties therefore they're not as physical and they're overthinking things because they don't want to put you on a power play. But if your if your power play is you know you know twenty you know twenty uh, percent or whatever whatever it is and it's low, uh, people just they, they they play you differently. They don't care. They'll they'll take a penalty. We'll kill it off. Um, so that's they, there's there's a deeper meaning to it without just getting your PP cookies there. But you, you gotta be a, you gotta have a great power play um, for for so many reasons. I mean, how many times were we just watching the TV and they just couldn't get going on the power play? And we're like, we need a goal. They just gave us a, a weak call. We need we need to take advantage of this, and we just didn't. And it just it it, it just needs to be fixed. And and that's right. that's the main reason why they they hired. Savar, he won't be on the bench. He'll be up top. He'll look down. He'll go down after every single uh, period and, and talk with the guys and talk with the coaches and uh, and be able to see from an eye in the sky. But he's, he's a veteran guy, point-per-game kind of guy, and uh, a very, very savvy power play specialist. Yeah, yeah it's really just about like – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joey. <laughs> no, you're good. I was going to I was gonna ask, do you think we'll see more of Tarasenko on that off wing like normal on that right side, on that dot, ready for some one-timers this year on the power play? Or you think they're going to try to roll with the same thing they're doing? Or what do you, you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to change? Um, well, they're going to try a bunch of different things. I don't think they know yet. You know, I don't think they know yet. I, of course, you have the same personnel, but they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try to get Vladdy the puck as much as possible. I also think that they need to utilize our defensemen too. I mean, you got Petro has a great one timer. You got Compareco that needs to get that one timer off more in his mm. shot. We need to utilize him a little bit. What about Vinny Dunn getting pucks through? It doesn't need to be sexy. It just needs to work. And then when right. it doesn't work, you need to fix it and find something else that works quick mm. and we just didn't do that so it slows you down as a team yeah sure. and, um kind of transitioning from that one guy you mentioned with a power play uh pat maroon uh obviously every blues fan is kind of you know waiting patiently for that news and especially you you being in a very similar situation um from st louis uh, didn't start out there, but then joined the team and ended up eventually again transitioning to a different team. What do you, from at least from your perspective, what are his emotions sort of like right now in, in this kind of difficult spot in this off season? Uh, probably like a roller coaster, I would say. Um, yeah. You know, you're you have the highest of highs throughout the season and winning, and then you know just having our Stanley Cup with his Stanley Cup party. I consider it ours. Because he invited me, so that's why I said that. But uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, we had the we had the best time ever. You know, everybody wants a PCA. Everybody, you know, interview after interview. After, you know, stuff, stuff. And um, but you don't have a job, right? So it's so weird how you're just on cloud nine, and all of a sudden you're not getting any bites. Your agent's not calling you back, and you're like, oh boy, what's going on? You try not to think about it, but that's always on your mind. And then, you, and then you're trying to work out, but you don't have a contract left. And it's just like, what am I doing? So he's in a weird spot right now. I think he will be okay. Um, the game changes every single year. He's probably not getting any faster, let's say. Um, so I think that's where the biggest struggle is, where people, where teams are like, do we – uh, do we take a chance on him to, and maybe surround him with players that could um, that we could utilize his skill set just like they did in St. Louis with the Bozak and Robbie Thomas line? Um, so he's in a weird spot right now. He'll be okay. Uh, will he be with the Blues next year? I don't see it happening, and that's fine. It's like Patty. You come down here, you win a cup, right off into the sunset. You're only yeah. going to go down from here. Like the next year, you know, you might be sitting games out and things like that. It could get frustrating. Everybody loves you here. You made right. your mark. Your hometown hero. He's you a hero. So what? Come back and you'll probably get a job uh, doing something somewhere after hockey just because yeah. of what you've done. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, like, I feel like I speak for all of St. Louis when I say that. Like, there's, there's, I don't think there's a lot that Pat Maroon could do, including signing with another team that would leave a bad taste in fans' mouths. Oh, like, definitely not. It's well, not really now, just like a legendary story, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. if you play next year and all of a sudden you're not playing, you're in and out of the lineup because we're so deep, uh, young kids are taking your spot, and all of a sudden you just 
it puts you in a bad spot, you know, and, and, and you're, you're the odd man out. So things can go in a different direction if he plays here this year and maybe leave on a sour note, although he did win. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's going to be all right. And look, again, he, right off into the sunset. You do what you did. No, you'll, right. you'll always be remembered in this town. Right, yeah. and like I, I've said it before, that's like that's the sort of thing, you know, him growing up in St. Louis, I know I've done it, you know, out in his driveway playing street hockey, you know, when he's a, a little kid or whatever growing up, you know, na- commentating over it, oh, and Pat Maroon shoots and he scores and the Blues won the cup, and he actually got to live that, and there's really not a whole lot of people that can say that, and not only did he get to live that, he scores a double overtime goal in Game 7 against Dallas. I, when you say riding off into the sunset, it really can't get much more of a storybook ending for him in St. Louis so I, I think it would be tough for him to let it go but he couldn't have asked if it, if he has one season with his hometown team I really don't think he could have asked for a better one. Oh, I know well trust me it was rocky though dude like I remember calling him talking to him at like 11 at night like damn man what are, what are, he's like what am I doing I can't get going I can't and I'm like you're alright uh, you know it was tough man he was taking a beating from the fans too you know mm-hmm. people were ripping on pretty yeah. good I mean gosh almighty like I have to read everything you know like, I, I got a radio show every single day so I gotta be on the ball with, with what's going on and god blues fans are relentless sometimes on people and yeah. oh, they were really yeah. times too you know and you know I wasn't on social media then when I played here, thank God. Thank God <laughs> we were just talking about that before you hopped on, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but that, wait, that goes two ways. Let me explain. That goes two ways. I look back on it, and if I was disappointed enough at the time mentally, I'd have, you know, 200,000 followers now because I'd be funny and creative and da 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 And, you know. But would that help me right now with my career? I, maybe, you know. You, 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 you have 200,000 followers. You know, you could say one thing and, you know, it's getting out to a lot of people. Like in that in that sense, it works. But I have a feeling if I would have had social media and I did, but I, I got off of it mm-hmm. um, because of Lou Lamarillo with the Devils. I just probably would have said something stupid, put yep. yourself in a jam, you yeah. know, piss yeah. people off, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it goes both ways. But I, I'm on it now. And I tell you what, uh, when I get on Twitter, I have to look before I tweet for about 20 freaking minutes and like <laughs> does that make sense is that is that, the, is that how you sell that am i do i yeah. sound weird do I sound yeah too? oh my god are you like I've, that too it's god awful yeah i've i've sent i've sent like screenshots of my tweets like my draft to my friends and be like is this does this sound right does this make sense like is this is this are people gonna make yeah. fun of me for this you gotta and, read like, over then, 20 000 right times. right oh, and even god. and even then i've gotten i've gotten like replies of the silliest things that i quote unquote <laughs> spe- did wrong like they don't like the way i formed a tweet and it's like you you can't win you really cannot win with well you know what you do this is what i do i just make fun of myself so people, <laughs> i don't get hurt much on twitter to be honest with you but once in a while i will and you just you just make you know if somebody's like you were the worst oh i'm like yeah you're right I was, get my stuff or whatever you know and then yeah it's like it's like the eminent approach yeah yeah, yeah. rips himself the whole time at the end there when they're going toe to toe he rips himself and all of a sudden the guy's like i got nothing else you just yeah you just talk crap about yourself the whole damn time and now you win because they got enough. They got no more yeah. ammunition for you. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of use the, I use that approach sometimes. I also use like, a, like if someone starts like dogging me or like even guys, like guys with like six followers, and it's just like his family that follows them is just like. <laughs> dogging your tweets and like telling you your ass and stuff i'm just like dude i like your haircut like it's looking good he's like thanks man i'm like that's it <laughs> we're like you know they'll have most of the guys will have like this the, the goofiest avatar and so you're like wait you're, wait you're sitting there with like your two cats and you're eating a popsicle like what the fuck like, you're kidding not there's anything wrong with cats i got kitty cats myself and i love them yeah. but, like you know don't chirp me when your avatar is looking like that dude yeah i don't even know what you look like or it's like just like a picture or like a oh man yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. Anyways, um, Thomas, I know you had so- a couple of good questions for for Cam or person. Yes. You want to you want to dive into some of those? Yeah. Um, so just kind of, I guess, since we're talking about like the hometown boy Pat Maroon and stuff, just kind of going off of that. Uh, Cam, you went to Eureka High School, right? Home of the Wildcats. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was uh, life like going there, and what was the most trouble you ever got in at Eureka High School and growing up oh, in general? God. 
I mean, I was wild, you know, my parents were lenient. Um, if I messed up, they'd be on me hard. Like, give me that look. Dad never like beat me or anything. Like, I know what, you know, I didn't come, but if he gave me that look, like, where, where do you think I got my toughness from? I didn't come yeah. out of the sky. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah. But my mom and dad are very, very tough, but the coolest people, everybody wants to be around them. They, we'd had the parties. My mom and dad would just let me have people over, do whatever we wanted. Really. Just don't be stupid. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'd have, I had a very cool, awesome childhood, and um, but yeah, I was. We were wild. I mean, look, I mean, you, I had to control this craziness I have, um, and, and and do it the right way. And hockey did that for me. So even even going to Eureka High School, I played football, I wrestled, I ran track, cross country, I did it all. But I was playing hockey, and I was doing those sports to get in shape for hockey. Mm-hmm. And hockey was nothing around here at the time. Nothing. I mean, no one even no one even knew. I mean, they knew the Blues, but they didn't know hockey. They didn't. And especially Eureka High School it was all about football. So I played football, and I had to I had to quit because I had to go to practice all the damn time, and you cannot do both. I was yeah. playing AAA hockey, and then I made the junior uh, North American Hockey League St. Louis Sting, which was great at the time because I got to play my hometown um, juniors for a year, my hometown. So I was only going to three classes a day because it was excused because it was junior hockey. Um, and and the, the teachers, they just didn't get it. They're like, what are you doing? Wait, I don't get it. You're not playing football? That means you're lazy. That means yeah. you can't handle it. But really, I was playing hockey, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't understand that, rightfully so, because no one's ever really done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny. I, I quit football. Big deal from the coaches. Like, they were pissed. <laughs> and, and, you know, and as they should be. But you know what I did? I went to the cross country coach and I said, Hey, can I run cross country with you guys? Which <laughs> oh, is the most miserable freaking thing in the world. Oh my God. And then I did that and I'd probably become like the last top dead last in every single event. But so what? I got through it. I was a, yeah. probably the biggest guy going. And I'm you sure know, that conditioning was nice too. Oh, it was great. Jesus you know, when you're Christ. beating all of yourself at the end of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then the coach was like, Why would he torture himself? And then cross country instead of playing football. And that, so they started to understand it. Then I moved to, moved to Canada because I got drafted by Windsor, uh, Spitfires in the OHL. And then, you know, I'd come back for my friends, you know, bring them all these. You know, no one understood even that. Like, wait, where are you at? I'm like, I'm in Canada. Or oh, is there igloos up there? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, like, what do you, I go, I got drafted in the Ontario Hockey League. And they're like, is that the NHL? I'm like, no, you idiots. Okay, I'll show you. So all my buddies would, would drive up there and watch me play. And just was like, you know, you're playing juniors in Canada, dude. You just, you, you know, I signed when I was 18 years old for a couple hundred thousand. So I had money up there. You know, it was just, it was really wild. Fighting everybody. Thinking I'm the coolest guy in town. Yeah. It was just a blast. It was yes. a blast, man. So, I mean, I guess kind of going off of that, uh, with a lot of, like, the guys that have made the, have made a role for themselves in the NHL with more of, like, the tougher role, more of, like, the, the you know, the fighting role, you kind of a lot of times see them kind of transition to that. And juniors, you know, they'll, they'll be putting up points, but then as they get into, like, the AHL, the, the penalty minutes will start to rack up. I'm looking at your, your hockey DB, and you had 268 penalty minutes your first year of junior. So it kind of seems like you knew your role pretty early on what, what was that like just kind of being a being that that penalty minute enforcer guy from day one rather than just transitioning into skill did you just like all of a sudden decide like if i'm gonna make it it's gonna be by beating the shit out of people not at all not at all i wanted to beat people up no one told me to do that dude i was a killer in triple a i'd kill guys in triple a and score like you know i'd score three goals against Tampuere, get our ass kicked 10 to 3 but I'd put two guys in the hospital, which is not good. Don't, don't, it's not, but, but I would. <laughs> I just blow these kids up like, oh my God. I was bigger and stronger and I could skate. And that's how I got noticed going up to Canada and playing in AAA and in these tournaments because, you know, they're not, they're not watching the, the, the amateur blues. Now they are, but not then. Uh, but they're watching the Toronto Marley team are playing and they're watching Rick Nash and guys on the Marlies. But they're like, who's this kid wearing number 16? that's crushing guys and he scored twice. He's like, what? So I never, no one's ever told me to fight. No one ever told me what role I needed to have. That's just my personality and who I am. And that's how I play. I like to hit, man. I wanted to fight because I'm, I'm wild. I'm crazy. I liked it. Yeah. I like tension. I like taking my shirt off in the penalty box and like, <laughs> the girl. like I like that. <laughs> this is what, it is. what do you want me to do? Um, so again, I didn't 
Nobody sat me down and said, Cam, you're six foot eight. Now you need you need to fight because you're big. No, 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 no. I'm 5'11", and I did it because I was crazy, and that was my personality. And I found out how to keep up with the pace and, and be able to hit consistently. And I tell you this, if I wasn't a good hitter, I wouldn't have made it to the NHL. Yeah, I mean... Cam, it, Cam following that, um, do you think we'll see more of... Obviously, the Blues just won the Cup of the physical team. Do you think we'll see more of like the dynamic going back to the big bad boys like the LA Kings of the days and then uh, Boston Bruins obviously had some teams like that. you think we'll see more of that coming into play or do you think it's still going to be speed, speed, speed? Here's the difference. The Blues freaked everybody out. You know why? Because everybody hit. It wasn't yeah. just two big bad guys. No, 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 no. Everybody right. hit. Was Barbershev a big tough dude? No. He was crushing guys. Sandy Blade? Where the hell did he come from? Killer <laughs> and Juniors? No. No. You know why they hit consistently? Even Sunquist, all those guys? It's because of Craig Bruby. Yeah. Because of Craig Bruby. So people are going to try to mimic the blue style with hits and physicality and structure and discipline. We didn't do stupid shit. Guys weren't dumb. We didn't have any big heavyweights. Everybody hit, though. And, and, and that's because of Craig Groovy. Craig Groovy taught these guys how they needed to play without running around, without being dumb, without taking dumb penalties all the time and, you know, getting out of position. They figured it out, and you have to, you have to give the credit to Craig Groovy on that. He had everybody on the same page. And, um, and, you know, you got guys that never hit in their life, trucking guys. And, yeah. and chaos. yeah, and I mean, I feel like that was one of the biggest things is over the years, the big one of the biggest difficulties with the Blues is that they've never like played as a unit. It kind of has seemed like there's just five guys out there, not necessarily doing their own thing, but it, it, it didn't look like you had five guys out there a lot of times during the playoffs. It looks like you had just a unit and they all had the same game plan. And part of, big part of that game plan was obviously hitting and... Like you said, Cam, it's not like you could be like, oh, okay, so-and-so's on the ice. I'm safe. No, no matter who is out there, the, everyone's head is on a swivel because it, from from guy, from the bigger guys like Edmondson, Pareko, to the guys like Barbashev and Shen, it, no matter who it is, they will be coming at you full steam. And I think it teams, again, te- scared the shit out of teams. They weren't expecting it, and it worked. Dude, and look at San Jose. We set them back, man. We kicked yeah. the crap out of that team. Hurt guys. There's, there was, I remember doing the Channel 5 afterwards, a post game with Frank um, in St. Louis. And um, I, I think it was game six, game five, maybe game four, whatever, whatever game was. We were just crushing them. And in the third period came around, four of their top players were still in the dressing room because they're all banged up. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. you know, game five, so, game five. Yeah. Was that game five? I, I remember exactly what you're talking about after that, after yeah. that game. I watched all that. Yeah. That was game five. Just, and it wasn't dirty. You know, come over more. Cause you, when you hit all the time, you're going to clip a guy once in a while. You're going to hit a guy from behind once in a while. That happens. A couple guys got dinged, uh, got suspended for it. Maybe a penalty here and there, but you kill those off, man. Like that just, you just saw, Game by game, us wearing that freaking team down, that veteran, veteran team that's big and kind of tough too. Like, you know, they play that style. Pete DeBoer coached me in, um, in, in Jersey. He loves that kind of stuff, that fast pace. But they could not handle us. They couldn't do it. Even with that hand pass, it didn't matter. They didn't give them that game. Who cares? We came out and really physically took it to them. And it was, it was not only fun to watch, but you're like, oh, my God. That, and and it, again, you look back and you're like, Craig Ruby, the guy's a man. Just simple, simple truth. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think um... – I think it was cool to see because, like, the Blues had that rough-and-tough kind of style with the physicality all the way through their depth, and I think the Bruins kind of drilled that home in their players as well. So, like, just physicality as a whole was on display in hockey. Um, In the Stanley Cup final in a league that was so skill-based and speed-based, especially with, um, like, guys coming up like Cole Caulfield, who's so small, but he scored... I forget, like seventy something goals um, in juniors. Like, it's it's starting to develop to a different league, but it was nice to see that old, almost old style kind of hockey um, on display on the biggest stage. Dude, so that was cool. Hundred percent. So 
Everybody, us old school guys, and I, I know you guys kind of are too. You, you like the old school. We, we, I, I do miss the fights. I do. I, I, I do. Do I miss the square off? You know, let's go like I used to do, buckets off, whatever. Like, no, no, no. I like the fights that were just like in front of that. You push me, push in the moment fights. Okay, yeah. like I'm mad. Right. You're mad. Let's go. That's still gonna be around. It's just not all the time, but then it's like. Those fights are better anyway because you're just like they're emotional fights, not just like whoop, I gotta go out there and do my job. Yeah, yeah. But what's great about what happened in the playoffs is you still got the old school style hockey back. They let the hitting go, man. They didn't call any hits, uh, uh, penalties on hits, unless unless you clip a guy and they spin, meaning you clip a guy and you you kind of hit their head a little bit and they spin around. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be dinging for that. Fine. Get that out of the game. We don't want that. Barbie did that against San Jose. He got suspended. So what? We'll, we'll deal with it. He didn't mean to do it, but you got to get that out of the game. And if you hit from behind, they're going to call that. If you see numbers like Sonny did, Oscar Sunquist, remember he had that penalty where he went and he forechecked against the Bruins? On the boards, uh, yeah. yeah. Causing yeah. that and suspension. He, and people were complaining, like, that's not – no, man, he saw the numbers the whole way. You have to be able to let up a little bit. Um, I don't care. Like, that's a – so what? I don't blame uh, Sonny for that. He was in the yeah. moment, so what? But that's still a penalty. But everything else, even the Tory Krug hit when he rocked and and, and uh, Rob Thomas. Yeah, I didn't like that. Hit. Sorry, that he was so, yeah, it's David so Fry. exciting to watch. Yeah, remember that he got he got David yep. Prime was like straight up molesting him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Krug gets up, and he was going right after Perry to slash him. Perry gets off the ice. And Crook still had momentum. He's like, oh, I see a hit developing. Boom. I like that yeah. hit. Lost, yeah, his bucket, but... lost his bucket, too, and with the hair flowing. God, that was beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's iconic. Awesome. That's yeah, iconic. Awesome. Keep that in the game. Keep that in the game. He didn't target his head. Maybe a charge. I don't care. Keep that hit in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, 100% agree. And I guess one to kind of you mentioned earlier, a lot of players are taking flack. Um, one player that you know, was on, was along the crosshairs a lot was, um, Patrick, Alex Petrangelo, the captain. And I know you, you were at least on the same team as him, um, early in his career. And he kind of had a slow start. Uh, what, what, at least in your eyes, him at the beginning of his career versus now, like developing into a leader, I guess, can you speak to that at all? And what he was able to do kind of behind the scenes for this team as, as the captain and as the leader? Well, he leads on the ice. He's a quiet guy. He leads on the ice. I remember when I first saw him, I'm in the locker room with uh, Danny Hino. Remember Dan Hino? Oh, awesome yeah. Guy. What a, what a <laughs> wow. Wow. He was, he was one of my best buddies on the team. Just freaking awesome in every way possible. Was dating Jenny McCarthy's sister. Like, just a cool cat. Oh, like, shit. So cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she was good looking, too. Just, I don't think they're dating. I think they, whatever. But awesome guy. <laughs> I remember he was there. And we kind of ruled the one corner of the locker room. And uh, we, he walks in, he drops his bag, and we look at each other like, just like the scene off of uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption, when they're all looking at the, the guys, he's sitting there like, look at this tall drink of water. Like, oh my. <laughs> he was so skinny. He looked like a child. And we're like, what the hell? And he goes out there, he's just smooth as all hell. He spins off in the corner, he makes backhand soft breakout passes like mm. like nobody's business. And uh, he just turned into a man. And, um, you know, he had a rough start this year, though. Remember how bad? Oh my! Everybody was bad. Yeah. yeah. The reason. Yeah. The reason for that was because we just didn't have a the structure that we needed, and that's a little bit of blame on Mike Yo. Great guy, like him, it just didn't work. Didn't have the guys' attention. They did. He he did not have the guys' attention, and you could yeah. tell with the structure on the ice. So that's one. B, you get no goaltending. You don't get the saves, that momentum save. Right. So everything looks scrambly. So the D look, So when your goalie's not doing what he's supposed to do and covering up rebounds and, and doing this and doing that, it makes everybody look worse. And all of a sudden, the, the one save that you're going to go out and, and, and maybe have that momentum save, well, those went in. And then everybody's like, oh, and then you're down. So just, just a lot of a combination of a lot of negative things throughout the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden, Craig came in. All of a sudden, of course, Jordan Bennington came in. And it's hard to evaluate your team when you don't have goaltending. Think about that. Right. When you're letting yeah. goals in here and there, like, how, how do we fix that? You can't. There's no structure that's going to fix that because he needs to fix himself, meaning Jake Allen. Um, so, but, but we did. But that was very, very noticeable at the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, I feel like Jake, um, really, especially with that second part of the season, like um, when he saw his work lead decrease, he bounced back a lot too. But I, I definitely agree with you. Like um, some of those desperation saves, like you can't expect your goalie to m- make like absurd saves like all the time. Um, but I think, I don't know, it's like when Jake would make those kind of saves, it's almost like the defense didn't expect it and they weren't like ready for it. And then like the defense felt like they had to work twice as hard because they couldn't necessarily lean on their goaltender. And right. I feel like they can, uh, they're more comfortable doing that with Bennington, even though sometimes oh it, it feels like they lean on him too much. <laughs> well, and, and another thing too is Jay Bomeister was not, he, he was not ready to play. I mean, yeah. You could tell he couldn't turn his hips. So, so right. the, the the movement I watch, I watch, I watch every second of every single game, maybe twice, <laughs> every single game all year. And I'm watching Jabo at the beginning of the year, and when he opens his hips up, when a guy's going behind him, or he's got to open up to go get the puck, there, it, it took him three different steps to do that. Okay, so he mm-hmm. had to like turn, then open, then do. Instead of just, just smooth, stiff. open your hips, ten and two, go with all in one stride. And I'm like, right. whoa, he can't even, he can't cross over, he can't do anything. And that was directly okay. uh, correlated to his hip problem. And then, you know, halfway through the season, whenever he started playing well, that that movement was there again. Um, so that, so he, and not to mention, they didn't sit him out or anything like that. They kept throwing him out there. I mean, God, it just, it was so bad. It was, it was hard to watch at times because then. When you're that bad, bad things happen. You don't get puck luck. You know the puck bounces in weird directions, yeah. and it would start. He starts scoring on his own net all the damn time. <laughs> yeah. He was at rock bottom, and then yeah. turned it turned everything around. Yeah, I mean, he's a really good guy, by the way. Him, him, and him and Pareko, their pairing was the shutdown pairing um, throughout the entire playoffs, and you know, and lesser so him, I guess. But if you look at the stat from Game Seven, Petrangelo and Pareko combined. For we're we're on the ice for fifty three of the sixty minutes or something stupid like that. So when you have defensemen that have that shutdown ability and Bowmaster being one of them, and you are able to put one of those guys on the ice for ninety five percent of the game, it's going to be real tough for teams to score on you. Yeah, good luck going against you know even Gunny and Petro. So they're out there for twenty five minutes, and then you got mm-hmm. Bo and and. Uh, and uh, Pareko, I mean, and then, you know, then you got Bertuzzo out there that he could play. Like, our D were so good by the mm-hmm. end of, of, you know, the second half. I mean, so good. So difficult to get around. Big, mobile, smart, veteran. Then in playoffs, like, they just, they were very, very difficult to deal with. And that's why Joe Edmondson's in a weird spot right now without, I don't know if he's even going to get a contract. I just don't know. And he's, yeah. he was a top pairing for a long time there. So it just shows how deep we are on the back end. Not to mention too, one of these kids in the minors needs to like take the next step here soon. Like you can only boil these guys down the minors for so long, you know, mm-hmm. first round picks here and there. They just made a trade for with Jordan Smaltz who will be on a one-way deal this year. And he knows yeah. he's just not going to make the team. So they got this other kid who's on a two-way from Toronto. It just shows how deep we are on the back end. And, of course, things can go bad. You know, you can get injured and things like that. But, man, oh, man, they figured it out. But, again, it goes back to structure and goaltending. And then we got Jordan Bennington, who just did his thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to kind of reference that stat, uh, Game 7, Colton Pareko had 27 minutes of ice time. Alex Petrangelo had 26. So assuming that there's no, not a lot of not a whole lot of crossover there, that's seven minutes of game time without one of the two on the ice. And those are those were two of the best defensemen in the playoffs. A lot of people say Colton Pareko, Pareko was the best defenseman in the playoffs. And when you have the ability to kind of have two, two of those elite shutdown guys on the ice for 53 of the 60 minutes, it's, it's something special that a whole lot of teams can't have and it's crazy when you not to look, mention yeah not to mention too by the way sorry to cut you off there so I, no worries not to mention think about the big shutdown defensemen in the league Drew Dowdy guys like that they're making a ton of coin Colton Pareko's making yeah. five and a half million yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, oh Col- my Col- God. Col- Colton Pareko Colton plus Alex Petrangelo equals one Drew Dowdy salary so I, I'm pretty sure that's accurate because I think Pet- Petro makes 6.5 and Pareko makes 5.5 and Dowdy makes 11 or whatever. Jesus Christ, dude. Now, right? Petro's going to make 9 coming up here. So no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still, maybe even 10. I, I don't know. Maybe 9.5. I don't know if I'd throw 10 at him. 
I would see 29, 30 right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tricky. Tough, they have a difficult decision uh, with our captain coming up this year. Um, but, you know, at this point, you don't want to pay a lot of people when they're going down, when, when they're declining um, either, just because you just don't, you just don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we won because this is a, we have a ton of people on great set. Look, I mean, Vladdy's only making seven. 7.5. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, 7.5. Yeah. 7. Think about that though. God. Think about Ryan O'Reilly, 7.5. Who, who did Philly just, just sign? Hayes? Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, 7.2 million. <laughs> who the hell is that? Ryan O'Reilly, by the way, is the absolute coolest. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not even talking hockey wise. We all know what he does. He's just the best hockey player. He, as a person, he is the coolest cat you'll ever meet. I hung out with him all weekend last week. Love. He is the fucking. Apart. Uh, sorry. Can I cut? Sorry about that. Yeah. No. You're yeah, okay. We can let him fire. He is the fucking coolest cat <laughs> in the world. Absolute down to earth. Fucking awesome. I play with his brother, his older brother, Cal O'Reilly. Um, in Windsor um, for for a half a year before I got traded to Guelph and nicest kid in the world and poor kid I think I tortured him a little bit not hazing or any of that shit but I took him out and <laughs> I don't no one hazed I don't know why I, think, like, I, I know Sarnia Sting had a weird thing going on Carcillo talks about it all the time and I get that but no one I never fucking got hazed ever with anything you know what they told me to do they, go talk to those girls okay I'll, I could do that yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but like, as far as like shaving, it, fucking not none of that shit. Just sort of, just so we're clear on that, but yeah, they're just trying to uh, get your dick wet a little bit. That's all. <laughs> I could do that myself. You don't have to fucking. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah you have so to tell me twice. Time. Oh man, like I would have stuck up for myself if they would have done weird shit. But I, I, I never saw that stuff, and I've been in a lot of locker rooms. Um, but a lot of the world. And probably one of the best hockey players in the world too. Yeah, I mean, it's it was inspiring to see. I mean, you saw his comments in Buffalo last year. Lost his love for the game, and then, you know, we traded for him. And I, I mean, I was excited. I was hopeful, but I don't think anybody expected just how good he was. I mean, he won the he won the Selkie, and won the Conn Smythe. I think that this one thing that Blues fans have been asking for for years and years and years is a true number one franchise center, and we found it. And look what happened. First year we got one, we brought a cup to St. Louis. So Yeah, I mean, yeah he's a worker, special. dude, and he's and it's contagious. You know, he's not a super – he's not a star that's like walks in like, uh, what's up, you know, I'm the man. No, no, no. No, he just goes and does his shit. Goes on, he's the first one on the ice, last one off, helps people out. It's just a fucking man, dude, and we're lucky. Yeah. yeah. My my girlfriend, um, Britt, talks about him all the time and how she's, like, his biggest fan and stuff. And, like, kind of like kind of like you were talking about. If he wheels your if he wheels your girl, it's like ah, let him have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, dude, like, uh, yeah, but no, she uh, she's talking about that all the time, and like not like you were kind of talking about not even just him as like a hockey player, even though he's an incredible hockey player, just like uh, him as a person and being uh, like down to earth and stuff like that. He just seems like he seems like. Almost like a model citizen. Like he literally just like he does he does everything right. He's like the greatest guy and like But not a nerd. But not Yeah, a nerd. yeah, not a nerd. Not like a guy like a model that. citizen you wanna hang out with and like exactly. get drunk off your ass with. How yeah. about exactly. that story of him? Too. Yeah, how about that story of him in Boston? During the Stanley Cup final, let alone just wandering around downtown, goes into a guitar store, sees this kid playing, and uh, then, hey, what's up? Gets the conversation going and buys him this thousand thousands of dollars worth of guitar. And oh didn't even, yeah, didn't even know the kid. Did that? that was legit. He did. Okay. That's cool. 100% legit. Yep. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine you're just sitting <laughs> at a guitar can, shop and Ryan, o- Ryan O'Reilly walks in? Just this, this in the heat of the Stanley Cup Finals in your yeah. game. It was like just, game five or seven or something like that. And you know, like, uh, I mean, some places like 
because he's not he doesn't play for the team in Boston. So like some places like they probably wouldn't know like who he is or he'd be like yeah. incognito. But like Boston, like Boston probably knows. Like Boston's yeah. a pretty good hockey well, town. So this dude. All you gotta do is look. You know. Go to Siri, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, and then yeah. Yeah. Up oh, yeah, oh, yeah this guy's legit. Uh, all, and he's gonna, well, all he's going to do is smile, and you see the, those those missing teeth, and you're like, all right, I, I got an idea of what he's up to. Either he's um, a hillbilly or he's a hockey yeah. player. Yeah. And, but he's wearing he's a boss, so he's not a hillbilly, uh, so there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Um, all right, I guess um, to transition into another uh, more more Cam Jansen-related question. So you, you played for a while, obviously. Who's that that one guy that you line up to a face-off dot, you look up, you see you see him, you're like, oh, shit. Like, either whether it be, like, skilled skill player or a player that you're like, oh, God, he's he, I'm going to be hurting after this shit. Not even, not even like, oh, shit, just, like, the guy you look up line up against and be like fuck this dude like <laughs> yeah, 100% yeah. like the guy you hated the most in the NHL oh, well there's, there's three different ones there okay so if I'm caught on the ice in 2008 against the Detroit Red Rings and that suit lines on the ice oh, I'm like, God. oh I'm not <laughs> fucking drilling for two and a half minutes and I'm probably not going to play another shift the rest of the game so that's one thing Number two, in 2008-9, I see, and we're playing Minnesota Wild, and I see fucking big boy, 24 over there, God rest his soul, uh, Derek Bugard. He's the one guy, and I'm like, God, I'm like, damn it, I can't do anything against him. He's so big. He'll knock you out in many ways. He scared the shit out of me. And the one, I guess, a guy that I didn't like was Sean Avery, man. He's a prick. He was a prick. He still kind of is a prick. A conversation with him. I follow he's him on Instagram now. and he pops off. Oh, he a just, lot. Yell, he, he just like, yells at homeless people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, 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 just, he, just, he, just, he just, like, he'll just, like, bike around, bike up to some random person and just be like, hey, fuck you, and just, like, start yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, it's more of, like, he's there in the bike lane and he'll chirp. And he's just, that's just the way he is. I think, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's, I think he's okay off the ice, but he just, you know, he's kind of you know everybody's personality, really. The hockey world is pretty small, so you just know if he's a good dude or not. Um, but he's the one guy I just couldn't I, – I just couldn't – I didn't know where I was with him. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, I never played with him or anything like that. But I just – you know, over time, you, you get to say, what's up, buddy? You know, like one of those, like, we'll yeah, fight, yeah. but what's going on? You know, just not, none of that. Never none of that. Um, <laughs> always chirping. Weird chirps, nasty chirps. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a weirdo, although he's probably pretty cool now. Ooh, yeah. I guess um, I guess going off that, I chirps – what's, like, the one chirp that, that – cracked you up and you don't want to admit it like something something because like i know every once in a while you'll get one that makes you laugh and you know you kind of have to just hey tip your cap just be like all right all right fair fair play you got any of those oh, oh, oh yeah. anytime you, you bumble fuck the puck and you skate by their bench the guys are going to be all over you and i just like you know nice you know nice hand speed or whatever whatever that is <laughs> but anytime i when i play with bj crombie <laughs> he's a, such an awesome he's my roommate great guy smart kid cool tough he had a monster nose on him, right? <laughs> and, uh, and like he'd go offside, and their their, their bench would be like, "Oh, offside by a nose," you know? Like, oh, just shit like that's hilarious. Um, but there's some, you know, Otter was Steve Ott was pretty funny too. He 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 bash guys, and um, but when you get personal, you know, you, you try not to do that. The personal stuff. Right. Uh, you know, Andy Murray had uh, he was a coach, and I'll tell you one one that pissed me off with Avery. Um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, Andy was our coach and he, he kind of like shook a little bit, I guess, you know, he had something going on where he kind of shook, you know, doing his stuff. Um, and Avery came by and he started doing like, you know, shaking and chirping Andy. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, okay. Like that drove me crazy. Don't, don't do that. Cause who, who knows what that is. And you know, it might, you know, it's just, it's just too much. It's just a little too much. Um, but, uh, but other than that, everybody's fair game. Chirp, chirp. Who cares? Guys would always chirp me about not having a neck. And I'm like, what you, like I don't have a neck because my fucking shoulders are jacked. Yeah, like, exactly. You, Your fucking you know? traps are ginormous. Like, <laughs> like you oh, chirpy, they, they, they thought I was on steroids. I'm like, we get fucking fucking tested three times a year. You yeah. Like, what do you think I'm doing? Sorry, I'm jacked. <laughs> Sorry, I'm jacked. Oh, that's that's a good catchphrase. So kind of yeah. so kind of going off of like um, physicality and enforcers and stuff we've been talking about. I don't know if you've 
like how big of a WWE fan you are, but they do this mm. thing called the uh, like Royal Rumble, just like 30 men in the ring, like free for all, last man standing kind of thing. If you had to do a Royal Rumble with 30 of the baddest guys in the leagues of all in the league of all time, who do you think would be the one guy that would come out last man standing? That's a good question. Um, um, we'll make there's so think. many, but there's so many guys that played in the minors that just got a sniff up in the NHL that were so freaking tough, but they just couldn't make. Look, you, you could be as tough as you want if you can't skate and, and keep up with the play. You're not gonna, you know, yeah. the game changed in 2004. It opened up a lot more, and and you need to be able to skate. The the guy that would. Uh, the scariest guy, damn dude, that's a go. I mean, Proby would be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Brown would be up there. I'd say Steve McIntyre and Derek Bugard would. But the number one guy that would beat up anybody in his prime, in my opinion, he's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of mine. Played for the Blues. Who do you think it is? Uh, I'd say Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves. Get out of here, Hell no. Oh. Hell no. Get out of here. Billy Chase, maybe. No, yeah, because good, good. Tony Twist. That's oh, what I got. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Twister was 270 pounds. He'd beat up anybody. <laughs> he'd beat up All anybody. Right. Now, Bugard would give him some trouble, but he'd shake Bugard around. That's how strong he was. All right, what, what, he, what place he was would, the baddest man on the planet. What, what place would you come in, Cam? Where, where would you get oh, eliminated? Oh, in the top 30? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Now, I'd give guys good fights. Don't get me wrong. Um, but a lot of those guys are real big, and, and it just would be tough to beat them. But I could keep up and make it a good fight. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'll take a punch to make it a good fight. I'm not just going to eat one and be like, oh, I threw, threw him down. I won. No, no, no. I'll, I'll stand in there for three minutes with you. Uh, but right. some of those guys are really, really tall. We're, we're just tough to handle. Got that long reach and stuff. Yeah. 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 Twister would be tough to fight, man. He'd shake you around too much. He was 270 when he played, you know? That's yeah, insane. insane. Right. Absolutely insane. Cuz I never watched it. like he was kind of like before my time. I was born in 96, but um Ooh, like yeah. yeah, um just like watching highlight videos of him, it looked like the more you like punched him in the face, the more like he like got like fired up and like loved that shit, dude, and just like taking haymakers to the face just made him want to punch you in the face even more. Well, you got to be able to eat one, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean in 270, like uh, sorry, so go, go ahead, Kim. No, sometimes I would eat, I would, I, you know, I, I would have to take five, six, ten punches before I even got my rhythm going. But you got, you got to know how to do it. You don't take them right in the jaw. You don't take them yeah. in the nose. You don't take them square in the face. You just let them, get them on the forehead, get them on the back of the head, get them there, get them, you know, you just got to, you've got to be able to, you know, duck whenever you need to and string guys out when you need to. So, you know, it's when you're five eleven, you're fighting guys six six. You have to have a style. You have to have a game plan going into it, or else you're going to get buckled. Yeah, I mean, and I know, like, obviously in the NHL you see it less, but if you look at some of the fights, fighting compilations or fighting videos from, like, juniors and just, like, those, those you know, uh, middle-of-nowhere Canadian leagues, it, some of that stuff is crazy. Like, just how much they, you know, the lack of regard for human life in those fights. It's, it's, oh, it's nuts. I know. It's I know. Nuts. And I'm glad that my head's okay when I retired, man. <laughs> yeah, retired, yeah uh, no kidding, honestly. I, yeah, I got lucky. And, and um, you know, I, I, I retired over at Nottingham and I, I hoisted a trophy in my last uh, ever game. And, um, you know, I don't I don't miss it. I mean, I do and I don't. I don't because I'm in, I'm in the hockey world so much in this town. So it's just like I get my hockey sticks. I got a group of guys together. We all skate, ex-pros and all the young kids that come back in the summertime want to skate with me and stuff like that. So it's, it's I get my fix that way. I'm on the radio every day, I'm on TV, da, 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 da. So I'm still in the spotlight, which, you know, sometimes you crave that whenever you leave. Um, but do I miss fighting guys? Nah, nah, I'm done with it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you got, got your fix in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look at that. You won, let's see. Oh, congrats, Cam. 2002, you won the OHL Most Penalized Player Award. Congratulations. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Cam, you mentioned raising a trophy in your last season. What, what would you say is your favorite moment of your entire career oh getting traded oh. to the blues mm. all right oh, we're, okay yeah, yeah man i mean that's playing in your hometown i was the first one ever you know 
first. How did that go down? I just <laughs> like I was getting the news still. and the whole nine yards. Uh, I was just injured, and uh, Lou Amarillo came down to me. He goes, I can talk to you. So I went up to the office. I just couldn't crack the lineup again because they traded for Aaron Asham because I was injured all year. I ripped my shoulder out at the beginning of the year. And I was just going through a tough time. I'm like, oh, what the hell is going on? And they just have, didn't have room for me. And uh, John Davison was with the Blues, and, and uh, they're like, we like this, this St. Louis kid that skates with us in the summertime. I used to skate with the Blues in the summertime. They're like, let's get him. They knew Bryce Salvador was going to sign somewhere else, go down a restricted free agency. And so they traded me for Bryce Salvador straight up. And uh, <laughs> and it was just the coolest thing in the world, coming home and uh, playing in front of your hometown. Man, oh, man. Yeah, that's mean, awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's, again, when we go back to Pat Maroon, that's that's the childhood dream is you, 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 you know, you you wear that jersey of your hometown. And I, I again, obviously, you know, it's, it's something you dream about your entire life and – I, I I can't even imagine just getting that getting that call from your agent or that that conversation from your from your general manager that hey guess what that dream that you always talked about well you get to live it and I, I'm not surprised that that would be your favorite moment. Absolutely, it set me up for after hockey too, man. Big time, right? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, I guess yeah, we could kind of transition to that. Is the I think. The Blues, St. Louis is second in the NHL as far as alumni representation in the city behind like Philadelphia. What's what's that like? I mean, I know because you're a part of that. It's it's crazy just the names that you see still living in St. Louis. Like the the Kachucks yeah. are obviously a huge part of it. Well, I think it's because a lot of people want to retire here because it's a nice city. The fans love you. The sports town. It's relatively cheap compared to a lot of other places. A lot of people are living mm. in Canada that probably want to live in the United States. Um, and their kids play hockey here, and they got a great youth hockey, you know, pro. We get the best rink in the world being built right now for youth hockey, four sheet rink. Um, and so all these guys are coaching their kids, and they just want to stay here. A lot of people meet their girls here, you know, the wives and stuff that goes down. So they they get comfortable here. A lot of these guys are from small town Canadian towns. They're like, okay, let's just live in St. Louis. We're living in the, the U.S. You know, we always go back to our farm, whatever you want to do, and this is just an easy spot to live. So I think that just, it all just kind of, and not to mention the Blues take care of you too. So there's, you have a lot mm-hmm. of people around, you hang out with each other, you do events, charity stuff, go to games together. So it's, it's a blast. Yeah. Right. Didn't, I think, I think Gretzky married a girl from uh, St. Louis. Yeah. Didn't yep. Is she from St. Louis or from yeah, LA? Yeah. Uh, something there's something girl, along dude. the lines. There's some there's along lines that they that I think they met here is what happened. Maybe gotcha. they met here. I think gotcha. she's, an, she's an actress, man. She wants to be an actress. I don't know, but but uh, but yeah, Gretz is here all the time too, man. Yeah, got to be around the great one too. We we just spoke a lot about St. Louis and alumni here. Um, going back to your playing days, what were your what was your like three favorite cities to visit on road trips anywhere in um, OHL, NHL, anything? Well, I mean, the NHL is going to outbeat the OHL. Let's see. Uh, right, right. Saginaw or Boston? No. Um, <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say Chicago's awesome because you're staying right yeah. downtown. Awesome stuff to do. Fans are crazy. You know, the rivalry with St. Louis is just fun. That's got to be one of, uh, and not to mention the national anthem. Oh, my God. It gets you so pumped up. I mean, mm. so pumped up when they're screaming during that. I love it. I love it. Um, Madison Square Garden's another one big. I mean, dude, yeah. you're playing in the mecca of everything. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The world of the world. The, the, you know, that city runs the world. Okay. Like, that's, you're just, and it's right in the middle of it. It's going underneath that tunnel with a police escort. You know, you, so you're coming from Jersey. You have a police escort. You go underneath the Holland Tunnel, and all of a sudden, boom! You're in a different world. Like, oh yeah. my God! Yeah. Sometimes, so that would be really cool. But I'd like to make a ton of money if I played for the Rangers because it's so damn expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then probably third, Montreal's awesome too, man. Any of those Canadian towns are fun. Toronto's always cool. Uh, Montreal's fun. Yeah, I'd say that's probably my top three. I gotcha. was, yeah, original circuit. When I was, God, I, I want to say when I was eight years old, I was like, when we first got into hockey, my grandfather was like, hey, we're going up to Montreal for the weekend. Do you want to come? And I'm like, sure. You know, I'm eight. I don't know. I don't understand what Montreal is or what that means. But little did I know, we're going to a Canadians Flyers playoff game in 2008 must have been. So right when, right when like that was a rivalry, that was, and I am just so pissed at myself that I, I was too young to 
remember that because in the Bell Center, Canadians Flyers playoffs, like I, 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 How when I do, I have no idea. Like I said, I was eight. <laughs> I remember, I remember none of it. I remember none of it. I, I wrote some, well, some prostitution involved. Yeah, I, I wrote. Probably some sold his body. I wrote some yeah, paper dude. about it. I wrote some paper about it in elementary school. I'm sure it's terrible, but maybe I'll find <laughs> maybe I'll find it. And but I just can't even imagine just like a, a playoff environment like that. And some little eight year old me, like his first hockey experience. Oh, <laughs> I, I just yeah, that's a, they got a three year thing. They got a three year um, wait for season tickets. There. I mean, they're just Jeez, you can't even get a I don't know how. They must, they must have snuck you in or something. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my grandfather's a huge Canadians fan for whatever reason. Um, he's not even from there, but whatever. And I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Again, like, I, I didn't understand how big of a deal it was like, at the time. But it's like looking back on it now, I'm just, it just hits me like how how much that city loves its team. It's, it's crazy. It's hard to play, though, man. They'll rip you yeah. apart if you're not yeah. doing Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time, dude. Big time, guys. Cam, I just got back from uh, Minnesota last week, and we were all, like, I just was up there with some, like, family friends and stuff. But I never realized how many, like, lakes and stuff and up, were up there. But anyways, um, we were, lake, like, bro. yeah, it was just crazy. Um, but, yeah, we're, uh, like, boozing on the lake and stuff. And, like, someone pointed out, like, I think Brady Shea's boat was nearby there or something, just, like, but yeah, just drinking white claws and getting sloshed and then heading home and uh, passing out. But so the point of the story is, um, I'm sure like back in your days, hockey guys are just like big partiers in general. What's the craziest drinking story you have? And um, how does it match up to like the drinking stories you have now after celebrating with like the guys winning the Stanley Cup and stuff? Well, that was a different animal. You know, when you win, you're like, you're just boozing all the time. You're doing events yeah. all the time. You're just, this is just there, you know? Um, you know, I, I can't sewer anybody. Let's see. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we got, we got after it, man. I mean, we did, we, you know, Saturday night, play the Blackhawks, you're going out Saturday night, Friday night, you're, you're going out. I mean, yeah. in, in this town, you're going everywhere. I had, I had, I lived two different lives when I was here. I had my book, my buddies, and I had my teammates, you know, and I, I'd always intermixed it to both of them. And, and you know, everybody wanted to put camera going. Well, I'm going here. You know, I knew the town, you know, I, I knew everybody. Um, but we, we had a blast, man. We didn't get in any trouble. Thank God. A couple of times it was a little hectic here and there. Uh, I never got into a fight anywhere. No one, bothered. no one did. Okay. One time, I guess I was with my financial guy and my agent and my girl at the time and a bunch of buddies. And we went to one of our, by our places and I'm sitting in my Hugo, you know, my, my nice suit, you know, your nice suits for Saturday mm-hmm. night. I'm, I'm got my A suit out, you know, this guy comes over, he's kind of, he's just wasting. He's like, come and talk to me. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. I'm always nice to everybody. Even if they're yeah, annoying, yeah. I'll be nice to you. So you really pissed me off and I got to get somebody to get you out of it. <laughs> the guy, I guess I wasn't giving him enough ten- attention. I don't know what he wanted from me. But he just takes his beer and his dumps it all over. Oh me. my I mean, god! Oh, but wow! In front of a whole bar, this classy ass bar. Everybody knows where I'm at. I'm sitting in the corner over there. Everybody can see, and this guy just does that. And everybody's like, "Oh boy, what's he gonna do?" Mm-hmm. And I just saw. So I looked at uh, the bouncer. I go, "Come here, get him out, and uh, go ahead and like kick him when he's down, please. Thank you." And then uh, yeah. so they took him. Out. So like, you have to have discipline. Right. I know that's not a crazy story, but I'm trying to. You guys kind of put me on the spot with that. That's a that's a loaded loaded question, man. Um, Sorry. Uh, but but <laughs> again, I'll just say this: I, I just you played it cool. You don't, yeah. you know, you, you surround yourself with cool cats. You don't surround yourself with you surround yourself with people that take care of you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not like yeah. do it. No, no, no. You still got to get me home, buddy. Like you know, right? You, yeah. you just have to surround yourself with the right people, and um, you know, there's always going to be people that don't like you. But I make I try to make sure everybody tries. To, you know, I, I'm I'm nice to everybody unless you're just a just a jackass. It's like get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't especially, have to especially being in the yeah, especially being in the public eye like that. Like it's kind of the same thing as like social media. Like you kind of have to like filter everything to like because like if you like probably like weren't like a professional hockey player, like I'd want to beat that guy's ass. But like it's a different even, standard, I guess. Here's, an, here's another little thing too. And then I probably got to get going, but here, here, I'll tell you this. Um, like even when you're, when you, you know, you're playing in hometown and, you know, you, you, sometimes you think your shit doesn't stink. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you got a big hat, you're popular. Everybody wants a piece of you. I remember I was taking these, a couple girls out with a couple of my buddies. Right. 
and I had a table at this club and, um, you know, I, I know the owner at the club. I know the, you know, I know the, I know the, the, the event that was going on there. I had a table there with bottles and I spent a ton of money. Got people coming in and there's a line out the wazoo and I usually just walk around. Like, so I walk up, get a little bouncer. I go, uh, Cam Jansen, how you doing? Everybody's talking to me in the line. Like, what's up guys? He goes, you're not on a list. I go, I do. I got, I got, you know, I got still like two G's. Like there's, there's bottles. I got my table right there. Yeah. There's nope, nope, nope. Don't you know who you are? Do you? And everybody's <laughs> waiting for me to be like, do you know who I am? And I go, okay, all good. And I walked away and I went to another place. And the people I was with, the girls I was with were like, oh my God, that was the coolest thing in the world. Wow. Like you didn't act like an asshole. You didn't act like a jackass. And that guy probably got fired because they're like, yeah. this Cam, I didn't let him in. <laughs> you know, so just little things like that, man. Like you just... That, and I know again that's not a big story or a big deal, but mm-hmm. it, at the time it kind of was. Like that could have yeah. been. Oh, don't give me in. I'm the, you know, you just, you just okay, all good. I'll go somewhere else. No big deal. See ya. Yeah. I know uh, little things like that add up, man. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, I know you. Uh, I know you said you got to get going, Cam. But um, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk hockey with us. Um, means the world to us. And thanks again for doing it. 